0: that we go from glory to glory? Yeah. Okay, so turn to the person next to you and say, you've got better looking since the last time I saw you. It's true. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Alrighty, I'm just getting myself sorted. So guys, last week, we, it was so good. We had Dan with us and we um, It's really good because he reminded us of who we are, what our core values are. You know, that we live um, from victory, not for victory, that we are not sinners or slaves, but we are sons and daughters. um, We've been adopted into the family. We believe in the goodness of God. And I love it when we have that reminder because, you know, when things go squirrely and things get crazy, it's always, we always have to come back to that the goodness of God is the foundation of what we believe and not just an add-on to our theology. Is that right? Good. And, and so today I want to almost build on what Dan was saying, but I also want to carry on from what Jonathan spoke on, and we're just going to delve straight into Acts, and it's Acts 5 of 14. I need my glasses. All right, are we ready? Acts 5 verse 14, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. As a result, the apostles, because of the result of the apostles' work, six people were brought into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. They were all healed. Let's just let that sink in for a moment. Now, I love this portion of Scripture for many reasons, but I want to start by saying the shadow of Peter was not magic, nor was it intended to provide a formula. Sometimes we see in the Word of God that he uses physical objects such as you know, the bread and the wine in communion, um, the water in baptism. You, you hear of the anointing oil in James 5. Um, later on in Acts, you, we read about handkerchiefs with, that were laid on Paul and people were healed. And he uses um, this as a link or a connection for us to release our faith, to see a connection between the seen realm and the unseen realm. And I just, I love that. I mean, I heard a story about a year ago about a church in South America, and um, revivals happening, and it's amazing, and there's thousands of people coming to the Lord. And the pastor, when he was preaching, he just perspired quite a lot, more so than Dan does when he preaches. So much so that he would have to have, on a couple of occasions, people come up on stage and change, change his shirt And then the runner would run to the back where there'd be a crowd of people waiting. And whoever got the shirt first would grab it, run to the morgue, put it on their dead relative, and they would be raised from the dead. And this was just a normal occurrence. Just normal. That that should be our normal. So going back to Peter's shadow, I really believe that our countenance will always reflect the nature of the world that we are most aware of. You see, having walked with Jesus, having had pure fellowship with him, having the gift of the Holy Spirit living within him, Peter had been introduced to a relational, loving Father. And now he had the gift of the Holy Spirit after Pentecost. He walked every day with this deep awareness of the Spirit of God. His presence, his heart, his love for humanity. And I believe it was the manifestation of this revelation that enabled his countenance to release the nature of the world that he was most aware of. And that was the kingdom of heaven. And I would like to propose that that environment, that value, that that was the atmosphere that enabled his shadow to heal the sick, because our shadow always releases what overshadows us. And I'd like to just expand a little bit on what does it look like to carry the countenance of heaven on us? And as I was researching this, there's, there's a word that comes up in the, in the scripture, it's called Metron. And I just want to give you a definition of Metron. It's a measure of responsibility delegated by God to you in the midst of creation, culture, and spiritual history. Or it can be the measure of one's sphere of influence. So let me explain what that looks like for me. These are a few fun stories. I don't know about you girls, but I love going to the hairdresser. So I know when I walk into the hairdresser, I'm feeling pretty positive because I know I'm gonna feel like a million dollars when I walk out of there. Now, this happens often. I'll sit down and I'm feeling excited. I'm gonna get my hair done, I'm gonna walk on a cloud as I walk out. And after a while, I just start feeling a little bit agitated. And and then a bit of time goes on, and I feel like, oh, I'm feeling a bit angry. What's that about? And then I start speaking to my hairdresser because you all know hairdressers love to talk about nothing much really. But I start realizing that "Mm, my hairdresser is really angry. And I realize that I am encountering what she's carrying in her metron. But you know what I know? I know the truth is that the light dispels the darkness. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I've got an opportunity in that moment to dump a shared load of peace on that woman, whether she knows it or not. And so I do what I call Sneaky Jehovah, and I just go in there and I pray in tongues. And before I leave that place, do you know what? She sounds a whole lot more peaceful. This is what we get to do. I've got another fun story. Um, about a year or so ago, I started seeing a nutritionist, and this, this lady was into some really new agey kind of stuff. Now, some Christians avoid that, but not me. I actually love it. Bring it on. These are the people that are searching most of all. So I would visit her a few times, and after a while, she would begin to say things to me like, You know, Janine, when you walk in the room, I just see this light around you. And then the next time, it was like, I see angels. Which doesn't surprise me because I know who I am. I'm a daughter of the King of Kings and I know what I carry. We need to know this, guys. But the real fun thing was when one day she said to me, oh, I think I need to lay hands on you. I think she was trying to get some energy aura thing. But I know what I carry in my countenance. I know what I carry in my metron. So I start praying in tongues. And I start releasing the kingdom of heaven into that place. And all of a sudden, she starts um, manifesting. Some evil spirits just started coming out. It was so much fun. And I was just sitting there thinking, I'm just in the presence. I'm having a great time. She doesn't know what the heck has hit her. And at the end of it, she's like... "Um, Oh, I think it's gone. I think it's gone. I'm like, oh, I know it's gone. I can feel it's gone. And then to make me laugh, I was giggling. She gets out a a Muslim prayer bowl and she starts going. She's like, I'm just going to make sure it's really gone. I'm like, oh yeah, it's gone. But that's what we get to do when we carry within our metron, within the countenance on us, the kingdom of heaven. You know, I this just came to me this morning, Ephesians 4 talks about the fivefold ministries, apostles, prophets, teachers, and what they are there to do is to equip the saints as ministers of the gospel, but what's really interesting, and this is outlined very clearly in verse 13, it says, till we all come, this is the goal, this is why we're being equipped, till we all come to the unity of faith and knowledge of the son of god to be a perfect man to the measure or metron of the stature of the fullness of christ so when we are fully equipped we actually get an upgrade in our stature we get an upgrade in our measure and what does that look like to be more Christ-like. The maturity of coming into the fullness of Christ is when our metron and our sphere of influence begins to match the size of Christ's metron and influence. So my challenge is, what are we allowing to overshadow us? What do people encounter when they come into our presence? And guys, this is not get my heart. I'm not doing this as a place of coming down hard. It's just this question of like, what do we desire? How much do we want to influence those around us? So I want to take some time just to look at the word shadow as we go through the word of God, because it comes up a few times. So the first one I want to look at is Psalm 91 verse 1. Um, Might be up behind me. There's a beautiful promise, and it's very familiar to us. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I have to read it in the Passion Translation. It says, when you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of Most High, the Most High. You see, Peter knew what it was. to to dwell under the shadow of Shaddai, almighty God. El Shaddai means almighty God, the one who covers and protects, the one who is more than enough. And this very core belief system gave him such great boldness and courage in the face of persecution. The shadow of the Father so enveloped Peter, and I wonder... And I'd like to propose, if Peter's shadow and the father's shadow became one, they merged and became one in the same. It's so overwhelmed and overflowed from him that even when people walked by or stepped in his shadow, it was more than enough. That's another meaning for El Shaddai, more than enough. It was more than enough to heal. It was more than enough to set people free. It was more than enough to see transformation and reformation. Something happened in the community. People began to think, what is happening? There's an impartation that's happening, something that Peter carried. Just like the woman with the issue of blood reached out and touched Jesus' garment, she knew what he carried on his countenance. He carried the kingdom of heaven. Because what, what was available to Peter is just as available to us. What are the possibilities if we all stepped into that revelation? Think for a moment and dream about our city, our neighborhoods. If we all walked in that revelation, how would we impact and transform our city? We could just be walking down the high street and somebody all of a sudden feels peaceful. Or all of a sudden they realize, oh, this is who I am. Or they get healed or they're transformed in a way that they've never known before. What if? What if? What does it look like to dream like that again? Another account of the word shadow takes us all the way back to Exodus 31. And I'm just going to turn there quickly. And this is a beautiful account of the very first time someone received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to just go to Exodus 31. And the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, the son of Uri, the grandson of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold and silver and bronze. He is skilled in engraving And mounting gemstones and carving wood. He is a master in craft. In some translations, it says workmanship. Yeah, that's the one. Wow. It's interesting. When you look into what is the meaning of Bezalel, it means in his shadow. (laughs) He was so filled with the Spirit of God that he saw things in heaven, he then created them, and he released them into this physical realm. You see the connection between the seen and the unseen again? Now, I am not an artist by any means. My mother-in-law can attest to this. She's always distraught that I do do not knit, I do not sew, um, I don't paint, I don't do anything like that. But I keep encouraging her that I say I have created three beautiful children with the help of my husband. (laughs) But in all seriousness, I have learned that I have different expressions of creativity. It's just not the traditional forms of it. But I am living in a home where I am surrounded by musicians and artists. And I have such a high value for the creative gifts. And I am convinced that one of the greatest joys of an artist is to see something in their mind's eye that the creator of heaven and earth has created there and then release it into this realm. It's a beautiful thing and i really strongly believe that in this next era there is a massive wave of heavenly inspiration that has been deposited into the creators that will pioneer the way for humanity to be introduced to the love of the father i feel there's a calling on the creators to be translators between god and humanity Now, I like to think that one of the preferred languages of heaven is pictures. If you think about it, Jesus always spoke in parables. There were two accounts where his disciples were so shocked because he was speaking plainly that they didn't know what hit them. They were so used to parables. Think about how the Father gives us dreams and visions, and the prophetic gift is so um, involved in having pictures and then bringing a translation to those pictures. And I believe that when we begin to learn the language of pictures, we begin to learn the language of the Father. You see, God's glory is found when truth touches the heart, and then we begin to be struck by his light. And this is what humanity needs. And I can see it's happening already. Did you know that there is a massive film studio being um, built in Hertfordshire? kind of like the Hollywood of the UK. Do you know that things are being released in a way that I've never seen before that is translating the heart of the Father to humanity? And we get to partner with that. Think about the prophetic words that have been spoken over this church, and we're seeing it's coming, Polar Express, Christmas production, but there's so much more We've had big words spoken over this church, the space, the stage, about um, what it looks to bring productions that are going to change the world that we live in. God is rising up, screenwriters. There's so many possibilities. But I just want to for a moment talk about other creative ideas and expressions of creativity. What about the teacher? We, we, James and I had an amazing time with Bridget Notice this week. She's an incredible woman who's got such a heart to unlock children's emotions in order to help them communicate what's really going on inside of them. This is one creative idea that has come from heaven and inspired a woman. What if her, what if this goes like this? Locally to governments and then nationally. And before you know it, we've got a link between the unseen and the seen realm. What about a lawyer who has got a really difficult court case and he goes into the throne room of God and he gets strategy. And all of a sudden, things break open. What about, God forbid, an accountant? He's doing his books and just can't get the balance. And God brings in wisdom, creative ideas. The possibilities are endless. Now, in the Old Testament, Bezalel was the physical outworking of, an, of a creative expression of the Holy Spirit. We can see it as, you know, the, tab- the tabernacle was made, the Ark of the Covenant, covenant my words, um, design, artwork, workmanship, all kinds of creative ideas was a means by which the people of Israel were able to interact with the kingdom of heaven and its creativity. But guess what? We are now the temple of the Holy Spirit, We have that creative flow. What does it look like for us to step into that revelation that we are so part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? We are part of their small group. We are number one. We're in the center. And their creative flow comes from out of us. It's the highest calling that we have to literally bring heaven to earth on our countenance. We get to bring redemptive answers to impossible situations. When we engage with the creativity of heaven and release it, we get to bring healing, hope, and reconciliation. To me, it's just a wild and crazy thought to comprehend that because we live under his shadow, with the awareness of his indwelling presence, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that the possibilities are limitless. And lastly, I just want to touch on Luke 1, verse 35, where it tells of a young girl who gets a visitation from the angel Gabriel, who tells her she will conceive and give birth to a son who's called Jesus. We're familiar with the story, but I'd like to read Mary's response In verse 34, she says, How will this be? Mary asked the angel, Since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, who will be called the Son of God. Again, I have to read it in the Passion Translation. It's just too good not to. It says, The Spirit of holiness will fall upon you and the Almighty God will spread His shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. What? That's amazing. The Almighty God will spread His shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. So let's just, my mind, it just can't comprehend the word of God. It's so good sometimes. If you think about it, the outcome of Mary being overshadowed literally by the power of God was the birth of the Messiah. In that moment, the thread of redemption that has been woven all the way through Genesis, um, throughout the Word of God, throughout the Bible, was being released in the fulfillment of the Father's plan to bring reconciliation between himself and humanity. And it was all set in motion because Mary was overshadowed by the power of his glory. And guess what? That is our calling too. Jesus commissioned us at the end of Matthew to go to the ends of the earth to bring reconciliation to the world. And there's a beautiful mystery unfolding here that we can never, ever leave his shadow. We can never leave his presence. We cannot be separated from his love, from his protection, from his power, from his glory. We often speak about hosting his presence, but maybe it's more about he is hosting us and we're just beginning to realize it. When we have that truth drop into our spirits, I believe we will step into the same place that Peter consistently lived in. We have access to that same impartation We too can expect people to be transformed just by simply being with us. We won't even have to say anything. We don't have to bash people over the head with a Bible. We don't do that. We just simply be. We just simply be in his presence. You see, Peter's shadow released a supernatural healing. We have a promise in Psalm 91 that gives us a comforting picture of how his feathers gather us in and hold us in a place of safety and protection. You know, driving to church this morning, um, I was talking to Katie Grace. We were just talking about a whole load of stuff. And she said to me, Mommy, you know what I do when I feel really afraid? Or maybe when I have a bad dream? I'm like, oh, no, what do you do? She said, I visualize this massive angel behind me with his arms and, I mean, his wings wrapped around me. And then I visualize the thing that make, is making me a bit fearful. And then I literally rest in the angel's wings. And I see the angel literally sending out his wings and kind of doing ninja moves against whatever her, like I'm afraid of. Wow, wow. what a beautiful picture to sit in the shadow of the El Shaddai, the one who covers and protects. And I just felt I needed to share that this morning because there's some people who need to know that you are covered in his feathers this morning. You are covered in his wings this morning. In Exodus we read about Bezalel, named prophetically in the shadow of God, and he is like a prototype of the ability to bring heaven to earth with the gift of creativity. And we, we have, I've just shared the revelation that we have access to that flow all the time. And then again, as Mary, covered in the shadow of his glory, gave birth to the one who would change the course of history forever, an earth-changing moment that would affect us all. How beautiful is that we have access to all of that. I just want to finish off this morning in Numbers 6.24. There's a familiar blessing that is spoken over the Israelites by Aaron. You guys will know this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. This is called Aaron's blessing But unfortunately, it can be repeated religiously without realizing that this is actually a decree that carried the revelation of the heart of the Father. It reveals his delight over his children. And there's something about his pleasure on us that is transferable and changes the countenance of a person. And sadly, many believers have almost become like the bottom feeders of the oceans, and we just vacuum up a whole load of rubbish. It just amazes me how much garbage we actually are able to consume, and then we wonder why we do not change the environment that we are in. And yet here we have a powerful decree that describes God's intended nature for every person. That we can actually take the countenance, the atmosphere of heaven, of another world, and we can release it into this physical realm. And I'd like to go even further and to say that actually I believe we owe it to humanity to reflect the goodness of the, the Father, his compassion, his unconditional love, his joy, his peace, his hope, so that all may taste and see that he is truly good. You know, when um James and I were first married, he was playing in a band, and the keyboarder was he from the Philippines, hun? Vietnam. His name was Twee, and he was born blind. And the, the crazy thing is you could walk down the street with Twee, and um he would say, I I can there's a building here, and it's about you know so many feet high. And we're like, What? How do you know how do you know there's a building there? And he would say, I can feel the shadow. You see, he had lost one sense, but his other senses had become so alert to what was going on around him that he could actually feel things. I would like to believe that as we as believers should be more aware of the unseen realm than what's going on here so that we can pick up what's going on in atmospheres because we have got the absolute joy of changing it, of bringing heaven to earth. That's our mandate. My challenge to myself, to all of us, is what do people feel in their spirits when our shadow touches them? Does our countenance reflect the kingdom of heaven? Now, I want to pray this, this blessing over us this morning, and I've added a, a whole lot of stuff to it, because I really believe that as I speak it out, there's going to be healing that takes place. I'm declaring it over you. There's going to be a shift in identity so that you can all come to the revelation of what you actually carry as a son and a daughter. So, could you stand? Now, whatever you would like to do to receive this, some people like to hold up their hands in what I call receive mode. Other people put their hand on their hearts. I don't care if you want to stand on your head as long as you receive it. It doesn't make a difference to me. But just open your heart to hear these words and allow it to sink down into your spirit and receive the truth. The Lord bless you. Before the world was created, he knew you. He eagerly awaited your arrival. He has plans and purposes for you. When you took your first breath, you took his breath away. May he, Abba, pour into you his rich and undeserved favor, granting a life filled with dignity, a life filled with fruitfulness. May you ever grow to know your Father's limitless love. The Lord keep you securely in His loving embrace, protecting you from all fears, providing for all of your needs and sheltering you with his omnipotent power that only he can provide in his enduring presence. The Lord make his face shine upon you in joyful pleasure. Abba delights in you. He loves you and he takes great joy in you. The Lord be gracious unto you. May his abundance grace provide you with all the things that you could never access by yourself. May Papa open the windows of heaven and pour out gracious blessings, too great to be contained. The Lord turns his face towards you in full recognition and approval, saying, that is my son, that is my daughter. Father always watches over you, You are not invisible. You are not overlooked. You are not unnecessary. Abba Father sees you. He adopted you. And this gave him great pleasure. May you embrace his loving gaze and healing approval today. May the Lord give you his peace the deep soul peace that accepts and clings to the presence of the omnipotent Father, who walks with the weary, who strengthens the weak, who rejoices in his children, and he loves them with an everlasting love. And we can say back to the Father, you can join me. If God is for us, who can be against us? Let's say it again. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen.